This is The Sunshine Bridge, a show which highlights the diverse perspectives of Louisianians and the work of those who serve their community. I'm Elizabeth Eads. This is my first real podcast, and if you know me, you know I've been doing the radio thing for years and years, and honestly, at this point, years. I started out back in 1997 in Baton Rouge High's radio training program. And back when I was getting started, anytime before any break, I would have this swirl of thoughts. Am I going to have enough to say? What should I say? Am I going to mess up? It was always such a worry, but I always managed to make it through. And really, when I look back on that and I think about it, I didn't have all that much to worry about. And the reason for that is because I had some pretty great teachers. Danny Dean and Rob Payer, these guys showed me the ropes of getting on the air. And it was because of their teaching that I found myself able to hold my own in circumstances that I never would have expected. And when it came time to enter into the real world of radio broadcasting, I found myself well prepared. Now, Danny passed away many years ago, but Rob Payer, thankfully, is still alive doing what he loves. That's being on air, playing Louisiana music, and teaching broadcasting. And I got together with him for a little conversation, which happened where else but in one of the recording booths at WBRH KBRH. You went to school here? I did. How long ago was that? I graduated in 1984. Really? So when I uh, started as a freshman in uh, intro to radio class, the radio program had, was only a few years old. It originally started in 1977. Okay. So I got here in 79, 80. So it was still in its infancy, really. But uh, What kind of music? Well, it was kind of a mix. The station would not was not 24 hours a day back then. We'd sign on, I think, at 6 a.m., and we'd do a couple hours of big band music mm-hmm. until about noon I think or 11 and from 11 to noon we'd do a Broadway musical soundtrack nice (laughs) (laughs) from noon to three would be jazz and then at three o'clock it was rock and roll and we had a lot of people a lot that was like when school would let out and kids all over kids all over uh, the parish they'd lock in a 90.3 and we'd play rock music till about I think 10 about 10 at night, and then the station would go off the air and we'd shut down. And then um, kept that going in the summer. People would volunteer to come in, and mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. And uh, well, I still have people that, that still remember, oh, man, you guys used to play, oh, man, the first time I heard Iron Maiden was on your station, dude. And, oh, my God, man, it was, it was so awesome. Why don't y'all do that again? And I'm like... It's a very small audience for people who want to listen to Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. <laughs> At this point, you know, there's you and there's, right. you know, the Dwight Schrute's out there. But uh, but hold up, because whenever I came to the station, it was smooth jazz, nothing but smooth jazz. Uh, so what changed there? Well, I, you know, I'm not sure, because by that time I'd left, I, I think that it went to um, full time uh, alternative rock. It might have been jazz during the day and then alternative rock. And we're talking about in, in the mid-90s here. Right. And I think right around the time, right around the time, right around the mid-90s, right in 95, 96, mm-hmm. it switched to the to the all-jazz format. Okay. I don't know why uh, that decision was made. Probably because, you know, there were other radio stations 
that it's right next were, to KLSU. Right, KLSU exactly. was doing rock for they sure. They were still playing. That that there was there was that competition there. So I think the decision was made. Well, let's let's go with something. And back then, you know, that smooth jazz was really really popular. Okay. Um, we don't really call it smooth jazz anymore. It's what jazz, do you call it now? jazz, and more. You changed the format somewhat from smooth jazz and started to ease in other types of jazz. Other yeah. types of jazz, anything that would fall under that umbrella, yeah. you know, of, of jazz programming. Just trying to broaden the appeal and get more mm-hmm. people. Because if you say smooth jazz now, people think of Kenny G, and which is, you know, nothing wrong with Kenny G if you're listening, Mr. G. We, In know. the 90s, he was just... He was, he was a guy. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> So, yeah, the station has grown and it's, it's changed. It's evolved. Some things are still the same. You know, that Rhythm and Blues Saturday, which I think is, is um, probably our most listened to day of programming. And then Classic Jazz Sunday, which has also gone through some changes. But in, in many ways, it's it's kind of still got the skeleton of what it's been like for decades now. Decades. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So you were a student and then at some point you became a teacher here. Yeah. How did well? How did this happen? Did you did you go into radio first? Did you go into teaching first? How well, did that... I immediately upon graduation was able to get a, a part time job at uh, an AM station, WLCS, which um, was a very popular radio station in the fifties and the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the go to station that you know teenagers would listen to because it was playing you know the music of the day. Um, so I had the opportunity to to go to work there, and from that job, it piggybacked to another job, piggybacked to a better job, another job in radio. So I worked about five or six different radio stations here in town. And then I was working at uh, doing traffic reports, and we'd go in the airplane and had the crazy oh. pilot, and he'd go straight up and cut the engines, and then you're kind of free-falling with your pin, and you're pad Hang floating on. in front of you and yeah you got to go on the plane i, I mean, got to go on the plane was yeah. it what but did you get to go on the plane on a regular basis I, no every it was like they would split it up so it was like a rotating whoever so however many people were in the, involved there. in the traffic well you know it sounds like fun it, okay <laughs> i i have been in the traffic plane because i did a little bit of traffic too but but me going in the traffic plane was just a treat because by that time they just had a pilot that was that oh. was just kind of reporting into to us and Captain, Captain's, Captain Randy, <laughs> Captain Randy in the sky, in the Skyhawk 5000. Um, but I was doing traffic, and one of the stations I was doing traffic for was, uh, well, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I'd, um, I did mornings on, uh, it was 100.7, the Tiger, I think. Oh, yeah. And then this was going to be in the early 90s, and um, that was pretty good. I really had a great opportunity during that to fulfill one of my my dreams, which was to host a late night movie show on TV. And nice. it was uh, I would do the radio in the morning, and then they had a late night. It was a midnight movie. It came on right after Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and I would I would host it. And every week I'd do some crazy different character that had something to do with the movie at the you know that they was showing at the time. So every week I would come up with this craziness and elaborate stuff i gotta got in a little trouble because sometimes i would go overboard a little bit oops oops <laughs> what station was this on this was wvla okay so 33 so it was, yeah it was on on right after saturday night live that's really wild and if i was in there if i happened to be at a party or something like that i'd make everybody stop and go turn the tv on and go look 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 
Oh, let's go, let's go look at it for about five minutes and go, okay, that's great. Okay. Anyway. Whenever I got to BRH, you were working at Max 94.1. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was. I got that through doing traffic because I was doing traffic for WXOK, um, which was uh, AM station and the... Gospel station. Right. What, uh, it was, no, it was WTKL. It was okay. WTKL which was a sister station of, of XOK and Max 94.1. And the um, fellow who was the announcer, his name is Guy Brody. And Guy and I just immediately just gelled, you know, as far as our, our, our comedic timing and our appreciation for each other's uh, sense of humor. So just immediately uh, we gelled. And I had the opportunity to go work there full time at uh, Max 94.1, and we were simulcasting in the Lafayette area. It was the number one, number one radio show, right. you know, yeah, number right. one show and number one in Lafayette, number one in this market. And things are going great. Things are going great. And, uh, and I was working there and then I was, uh, also working here at, uh, at the radio station at, at Baton Rouge Magnet High School. There's definitely a legacy that oh, yeah. BRH has left. Well, you know, like I said, the station's been since 1977 and, um, that's a lot of people to go through here. And not everybody's gone into radio. You have, and some other people have, but not everybody does. But the benefits of it, I think, are what's really important mm-hmm. for this program. Because you were talking earlier to some of the students out there about what it, it means to take this as a student. You're experiencing things most other students don't get the opportunity to experience. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like getting on the air and talking on the microphone and for some kids, it's mind-boggling that they wouldn't have to do that. They're very scared and very nervous. And to be able to find that self-confidence, you know, and get outside of your comfort zone, I think is so beneficial. What do you think about that now, now that we're in the age of YouTube and TikTok and all of these other ways that the, what I see is that the mic has been handed over to just anybody at this point. Sure. You know, anybody that that puts up a YouTube account, they're on, they're doing their thing. And you can you tell. Know? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but do you think that there is a difference with the students that come in now as far as their, their feeling of self-confidence and their feeling of uh, getting on the air and feeling comfortable doing that? Well, you have to uh, acknowledge the fact that if they're just doing their own thing, that there are no expectations of them. I mean, other than what they're going to do. And I think there's just a little more structure and a little more expectation of professionalism and the things that we try and instill and that we've always tried to instill. And I think the students understand and respond to the fact that, okay, this is, you know, FCC's, you know, monitoring. So there's all these legalities. And, Uh you know, we know that there's, we're streaming now and people all over the world are listening and... I and there are people all over the world, or oh, at yeah. least all over the country for, for certain. I've oh, heard well, people it's, call It's all in. over the world. Since, since we're streaming, we're, we have the ability to get a, a, a documentation that, that shows people listening in Norway and Czechoslovakia. And yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. So when you know, a student's thinking about that, I think it's just a difference between if I set up a phone or a camera or a microphone and I want to do a podcast about fashion or whatever, you know, I'm going to do like that. That's great. You don't know who's going to be listening. You don't, you know, you hope somebody's watching or listening. But here it's it's a class, but it's also kind of a job. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what's expected of you. And again, that professionalism and things like that. I, have, I remember a student a couple of years ago said, well, is radio still relevant? You know, I've had it, people yeah. ask me this question a lot. Sure. And I think to myself, you know, heck, I don't know. A lot of people listen to podcasts, but at the same time, I'm still listening to the radio. And I think that people are still listening to the radio quite a lot. So I'm not, I hear people say, oh, I heard you, da 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 da. Well, people have been yeah. asking, is radio still relevant since TV right. came along? And right. that was what, the 30s or something like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and here it is, it's 2021, uh, almost 2022. And yeah, radio, sure, it's still relevant. I've heard it referred to as the cockroach of media, that you just can't stamp it out, you know, <laughs> that it just keeps keeps doing its thing. I, some, I read some millennial during the hurricane, and they were like, I wish there was just some way we could get information, like, instantaneously <laughs> instead of waiting for a podcast or something like that. I'm thinking, uh, hey, guy, it's it's called radio. That's it's, exactly the reason it survived, even. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, because of the emergency service that it does provide whenever... And here, especially, you know, we have so many hurricanes and whatnot, we're able to, to do that. What, how is it that you're teaching things now, now that there are so many different platforms and different ways to get information out or to broadcast at this point? How, how are you teaching that? Because whenever I was here, we had the AM station and we had the FM station. We didn't have streaming at that point. Right. All that we were doing was just getting in the studio and we would record a, a couple of breaks and, and that was our thing. The first time that I got to run the board, you set me up. It was very Mr. Miyagi. You set me up with a pile of CDs. (laughs) Go to work. Yeah, no, you you set me up with a pile of CDs, and you set me at the board, and you said, okay, uh, when this thing has about 30 seconds left, fade down pot seven, put up pot eight, hit play. You know, and you, you told me to just keep doing that. And you basically left me in there for about an hour. And that's all I did. I didn't do anything else. I didn't talk. I didn't do anything else. And and then later kind of got brought into, okay, now it's time for you to do a break. Now, mm-hmm. okay, now let's throw you in and see how you do. And then mm-hmm. that, and it worked out fine. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was very Mr. Miyagi. And, and today we don't even have that because, or is that how you're teaching them? Because we have just the, the digital playlist The digital now. playlist, yeah. There's, um, and I have a student that, that, bemoans the fact that we're not we're kind of backed away from spinning discs and the platters and you know like like you think about what a dj does you know a disc jockey they're real hands-on and they're uh you know they're they're queuing music up whether it whatever but cds kind of obsolete you know uh everything is digital now so what they're doing now is we are trying to develop their uh, on-air personalities a little bit earlier okay so that while they go into the studio what they do now between breaks is they're doing uh, research on the artists and the and the song and the music what album is it off of is a you mm-hmm. know, did it win a Grammy all of this kind of stuff so that they can create these breaks rather than just having a, a script because I think it was. Kind That's of what just, I did. It was just a script. It was just a script. We're what trying I had, to yeah. develop that 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 personality side of them and to be themselves okay. and to find that inside themselves to create that mm-hmm. on-air persona. For once, I'm hearing that technology is not not for once. Sometimes you hear that technology starts up to oh, where's the you know how do I get to this? How do I press this or whatever? Oh, this thing's not working. It's not even that. It's just 
we, we've actually moved away and created less work so that you can get to the meat of something that you're trying to do, Yeah, which is what technology is supposed to do. Sure, right. Yeah, exactly. that sounds really, oh, I'm but jealous. I, I did have one, like I said, one young lady, she was like, but I like board hopping and playing the music and, oh, yeah. and doing segues and things like that. Uh-huh. I like doing that. So I find opportunities to try and, you know, if they show interest in that, yeah. I'll nurture that. But if they did want to go out and get a job in, in radio, you know, 75, 80, 85, 90 percent of the time, they're not going to be doing that. Right. They're going to have everything's on the computer screen and they're just, you know. Do you have any um, do you have any LP players or or any no working ones? No turntables. Uh, we have, you know, I've got a couple that I just I'm not going to get rid of, but right. they're not hooked up. OK, so like if somebody wants to do turntable disc jockeying. Uh, no, no. OK, no. no. OK, that's. I had to show a, a student what a 45. They'd never seen a 45. Really? <laughs> in in oh, her life. Man. And she's like, it's it's like a record, but it's so small. I said, yeah, there's only one song on this side. And you flip it over and she's just, wow, that is so cool. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I know, you know, vinyl's yeah. kind of coming back a little bit. But yeah. To, not to the degree I think we're, you know, radio stations. We're all vinyl all the time, you know. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, well, maybe it might. I don't know, in Austin or something like that. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but, okay, so are you are you teaching them? Is anyone loading anything up to different platforms here? Like to? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're digitizing and archiving a lot of old shows that we've got uh, in the library because they're just sitting around, but they're sitting around in CD and or on, on, on mini discs that we still have mini discs laying around. So we'll get those. We're archiving those, digitizing everything, putting everything on our streaming sites. That's a, another cool thing now. All of our weekend shows are now archived on, on the streaming site. So if you miss it, you know you can go back and listen. We've got song and title information and artist information on there that's in real time so people can look that up. Stuff that right. I wouldn't have thought, you know, will ever be there yeah. something like that yeah but it's a reality and um we're getting uh students more involved in doing news reports current events calendars that they've got to research they've got to do all of this work so we tell them what we expect uh them to be able to accomplish and show give them the tools on how to accomplish that uh using uh various programs and editing devices and stuff like that and then set them free that sounds really nice do their thing. very cool Next thing up, you know, podcasts. We talk about if students are interested in doing podcasts. I think at this age, there's still kind of, you can maybe one or two will be, well, I'll do sports. I like sports. You can do sports. Well, you know, football season, you got to do sports. You got to do podcasts. That's kind of year round. You know, you got to yeah. be able to hold people's attention. And, and I think some kids have an interest in doing that. It doesn't seem like a lot of them are, are there yet. I would think that maybe you have to really know exactly what you want to do. Sure. To and do. you have some authority on, on your uh-huh. subject or whatever you're talking about. Do you think, you know, in the next few years that that might change, that there might be even a greater confidence? In, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because, uh, like you mentioned, you know, the fact that just anybody can 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 record a, a podcast or, or put a you know, something up on, on on TikTok or YouTube or anything like that. Um, they're getting that uh, experience and that exposure right. and maybe that confidence a little bit. Did you ever used to do, like, pretend radio shows when you were a kid? Uh, I wouldn't say I did pretend radio shows. I wrote plays. Oh. I wrote plays. 
So I guess in a way, I wrote I would write plays like in like in, Garrison Keillor style type stuff or something. No, or usually no? involving vampires or something <laughs> like that. You know, when I was in in grade school, elementary school, every year around Halloween, I would assemble this group of kids and we we'd put on the vampire play uh, and. Everybody in that grade, they would make time in the school day to go and set up in, in one of the big rooms and watch this amateur hour vampire play that one of the kids had done. Do you have any other plays? Have you written any other plays since then? Oh, gosh, no. Although at Halloween time, I do like to do like a Halloween-themed show with sound effects and different voices and stuff like that. Uh, radio plays have always fascinated me. When I was a student here, uh, we would, you know, we did oh, the Ebenezer uh, Scrooge Christmas mm -hmm. Carol and uh, maybe War of the Worlds, I think. And uh, I've always loved that kind of stuff. And I've thought about I want these I want the students to be creative and I want them mm -hmm. to create. I feel like that if I can be completely honest, I feel like over the years, because I've been here like 25 years, I mm -hmm. guess I've just seen a slow kind of. Uh, less exuberance and creativity. Really? Yeah. Huh. You'd think it would be, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just over the course of, of the last couple of decades. I just, it doesn't seem that there's, everybody's got this creative spark, you mm -hmm. know? And that was my experience when I was in school here. I don't, I don't know if you can oh, say this. I, th I think, I think that we definitely had a creative spark going on. I will say that as time has gone on, when I think of doing something like a podcast or doing something creative and putting it out into the world, uh, at this point, I don't have the same, uh, and of course some of that's age, I imagine, but I think some of what I am experiencing is that there's so much stuff out there already. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about, okay, well, you want to do a podcast. If you look up what your podcast is, there's someone already doing your your show. Everything mm -hmm. is so much more available. Oh, sure. So whenever you think, oh, maybe I could go do this thing or something, it, it's, it's already out there. Whenever I was in school, we were still limited to cable TV and what was on the radio, and that was pretty much it. The internet was just starting to blossom. And when I was in school back in back in the oh. you know, there were like three television networks and that was it. it was, cable was just kind of starting mm -hmm. to come around. So if there was some kind of niche you could find it. Sure. You you had only had so many avenues to find mm -hmm. entertainment or news or so everybody was kind of on the stay on the same yeah. wavelength. Now, obviously, as you said, there's a gazillion avenues that you can that you can go to, and you can find mm -hmm. something that speaks directly to you. Yeah. You know, as yeah. opposed to, well, I'm kind of into that, so I guess I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go yeah. with it, but no, this this thing directly speaks to me and only me. Yeah. And if I there's nothing that I can find that's going to do that, then I'll do it myself. Right. So. There's pros and cons. Sure. Sure. You know. Sure. Oh, but that does that does hurt a little bit to hear that the students aren't as feeling the creative spark as much. Well, I'm hoping to to explore ways to get that to open up. And what if do you it means having them that? write a radio play themselves. Oh. Or or create some kind of 
I don't know, a little three-minute skit, just have them brainstorm and sit around and and talk about, well, what can we do, you know? Or, right. or like if it's improv, throw them a scenario or can, come give me, give me three minutes on this. Yeah. Including music and sound effects and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That usually can, can spark some people a little bit. That sounds like heaven to me, but, you know, I don't know. I'm a weirdo like you. You know, that's the kind of stuff I'm into. Well, well. we're we're the olds now, Rob. I don't know if you know. (laughs) We're the olds. (laughs) I'm closer to getting my AARP uh, card than you are. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But it's uh, I'm I'm still totally involved in my job. I still enjoy what I do here. Mm -hmm. I still... When I feel like, oh God, I gotta go do this again, you know, that's when you kind of feel like maybe uh, what I gotta start looking at maybe retiring or something like that. I am that's not in my that's not in my thought process at all. Mm-hmm. I'm still really really happy to work with with all these young people. It keeps me young, I think, to a degree, and I I want to keep seeing them develop and growing, and I want to see them continue to get the most out of this program and I just want it to continue on after I'm no longer here I want to make sure that the foundations are, are here for the next person that comes in to do this and and just want the program to keep growing what do you think it is about it that makes you it's definitely more than a job for you well I'll tell it's you one thing about this job as opposed to like a job in commercial radio or something like that is the complete uh openness of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be as creative as I want to be. I can choose. I don't have to follow the corporate's playlist. I don't have to follow these corporate rules and regulations of what can and can't be done. I can, if I think it's gonna something our listeners are going to enjoy, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get our format to follow that. If I think it's something that is going to make us continue to be unique and not stale if it continues to make us something that I pe- people appreciate and to have on the airwaves, then I'm all for it. And if, you know, if you're in commercial radio, you're going to make a lot more money, but you're not going to have the opportunity to have that, that creative side and to explore that. And so that's what continues to get me excited about this. Right. You get a little locked in. In commercial radio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. And the opportunities are, are far less, I think, uh, for commercial radio. When I'm trying try to steer the students now towards stay in non-commercial radio, you know, public radio is awesome because there's a lot of, of opportunities there for you to do, be able to do different things than go into commercial radio. Right. And now commercial radio, I mean, it's... So few local stations now are still local. I mean, it's like satellites. These big, you know, shows that are true. syndicated that come out of Dallas or Chicago or wherever or L.A. And you lose that personal appeal, the local, mm-hmm. the, the local market, and talking about local things. You know, right. I mean, we just had the hurricane. You know, but if you've got a radio show that's coming in from from New York or Chicago, they're not they're not talking about that. No, they're really not, huh? So that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing for, I think, the students. If you want, if they do want to go into broadcasting, I try and steer them towards that, towards, towards non-commercial, non-commercial public radio. Right. Cool. There is a pledge drive that's coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when I'm airing this, but I know that, that one, the pledge drive is going to be happening one way or another at some point when this thing airs. 
or, or when I put this up on the web, um, because there's always a pledge drive that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that. Uh, we try and keep it twice a year. Right. We actually were going to do it last month, but again, the hurricane, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. we can't, didn't feel right asking for people to contribute financially when they were in such a horrible state and people are still recovering, but it's just, it's necessary. We have, you know, we have to do that just so that we can continue to, to operate. That's one of the, the things about public radio or public TV. You, you have to lean on your, your listeners or your viewers occasionally. Uh, it does seem like some entities are doing it all year long, right, you know, yeah. but uh, it's 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 fun, though, in a way, because it gives the listeners the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm, I'm part of that. Right. I'm a part of that. Um, so I guess I, I want to give you just the opportunity to say whatever you'd like to say regarding the pledge drive or well, anything else, really, that you're just thinking about. Um, yeah. Well, I'll follow. I'll continue that thought. You know, listeners say, man, I sure wish. uh that this was a program like this when I was in high school, that would have been pretty cool. And yeah, sure. Well, you're out of high school now, but you can still be a part of this program, you know, by contributing. And there's lots of reasons to do it. The music, obviously. We, we play a lot of uh, Louisiana artists, a lot of local artists from right here in Baton Rouge. And they know that this is one of the seldom ways that they're going to be able to get their music uh, heard. For the um, longest time, we did not have Louisiana music in Louisiana. And that I, was something that I am very proud of yeah. because that is something that I strive to play as much of our musical community because it's so diverse. You know, that's why uh, our AM station, KBRH, which plays a ton of, you know, blues and Zydeco and roots music and, and all of that, is extremely popular, like in Europe and Japan. Surpri- not surprisingly, I mean, people go crazy for Louisiana music. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes we're right here in Louisiana, we take it for granted, mm-hmm. you know, that we've got the best food and the best music <laughs> and the best, you know, of, of some things. Um, so you're supporting that. You're supporting the incredible educational benefits for the students who have are in the program now and who have been in this program since it began in 1977. And so it's a legacy now, you know, it's a part of the community. And, um, and it's just, it's just pretty darn cool too. I agree. I think so. It's pretty darn cool. So if people do want to contribute, you know, they can do it through our website. Can I say it? Sure. It's uh, WBRH.org. You can donate anytime through that. Or uh, if, uh, if, if you're around and we're around during the, during the day, we're doing the campaign, uh, you can call us at, at 225-388-9030. Awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Rob. I, I enjoyed it tremendously, and don't be a stranger. Come on back. For sure. Okay. Definitely. This is the Sunshine Bridge, a new show which shares the diverse perspectives of Louisianians and highlights the work of those who serve their community. Get in touch. The show's email is thesunshinebridge at gmail.com. Music is by Arnav Srivastav. Special thanks to Justin Walker, alumnus of Baton Rouge High's radio training program, class of 2002, who a year ago called me up and said, hey, what are you doing? And when I said nothing, he said, come on, let's go do a pledge break for WBRH. By the way, as Rob said, you can always donate to the station at 225-388-9030 or online at WBRH.org. I'm Elizabeth Eads. Keep shining. <laughs>